1973, Carl Menninger, the renowned psychiatrist, wrote a book asking the question, whatever became of sin? In his book, he predicted that there would come a day when sin would no longer become a serious part of the human vocabulary. That instead, society would speculate that we don't really sin, wrongdoing would be replaced by rationalizations excusing individual behavior. God said, be holy because I am holy. Of course, that's not easy. Somebody has said it's easy to decide what is wrong to wear to a party, such as do I wear deep sea diving gear, clown shoes, or a pair of large pillows? But deciding what is right is much trickier. In an age of moral confusion, deciding what is right is trickier indeed. But Patrick Henry, the great patriot, said, the eternal difference between right and wrong does not fluctuate, it is immutable. Long before that, St. Augustine said, right is right even if no one is doing it. Wrong is wrong even if everybody is doing it. Even if we've done away with the concept of sin, of holiness. What do you believe today? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, we said is a great example of this. Don't be drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. The principle is not just, don't, is not just get rid of the bad, it is be filled with God's power, be filled with God's presence. If anybody is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 15, 17, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. See, the new has come. What does that mean? Let me go into some detail that I wasn't able to share recently. First of all, it means being filled with God's word. I love 2 Chronicles 7, 14 in the Old Testament of the Bible. God says, if you come to a place where you need healing, let's think about this in terms of healing from sin. What do you need to do? Well, when my people humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, every day, the lost world is pounding us with messages that are lies. Obedience to God is boring, sin is exciting. Putting God first is enslaving, living for yourself is freedom. God's truth is arcane, your truth, my truth, that's the modern way to live. And the way that we have to defend ourselves, the way we, to holiness is to counter those lies constantly with God's truth. The world says everybody's doing it. God's word says inside marriage, sex is a wonderful thing. Outside marriage, it destroys. The media says everybody lusts, no harm, no foul. God's word says that we should say with Job, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. God's word says, honor your wife, love your wife. The world says to wives, envy other wives. Their husbands are so thoughtful and so romantic and you know it's true because you've read their Facebook page and they never exaggerate. God's words, God's word says, wives, respect your husbands. The world says, look how happy those divorced people are. 
God's word says, be faithful, keep your vows. The world says, it's your life, follow your heart. Jesus says, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Seek first the kingdom. Two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul, the one is blessed. The one I feed, the one I hate, but the one I, the one I love, the one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. And so we must feed the spirit of God within us with his word daily, constantly. Not just once a day. I, I think maybe some people uh, get the idea, if I would just read the Bible a little bit once, you know, in the, in the morning or at night, then that'll take care. I don't know about you, but for me to be holy, to be pure, I need a whole lot more than that. I need to read God's word and I need to meditate on it constantly. And I need to come back to it. I need to pray on it. And I need to memorize it so that God's word is, count, is constantly countering the the wicked doctrines of this world. You see, in that way, I'm not making myself holy, but God and his Holy Spirit are changing the thinking of my mind. I've hidden your word in my heart, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, that I might not sin against you. And as I said earlier, if seven days a week you are pounded by doctrines of this world, the dogmas of this world, and only for an hour a week, or an hour a day, you feed on God's word. Which dog, which spirit do you think is going to win? So humble yourself. Seek God's face. Pray. I would add, by the way, as an aside, if you're married, don't just avoid evil. Take steps to improve your marriage. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2 says, Because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A husband should fulfill his marital duty with his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. Do not deprive one another except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Years ago, <clears throat> I remember there was a Christian woman who counseled young women as well as married women, single women and married women. And she said one of the great ironies for her, the more that she was working with women, was that she spent all of her time, so much time, convincing unmarried young ladies, don't sleep with your boyfriends. While at the same time, she felt like she was spending so much energy telling married women, you need to sleep with your husbands. You, you need to have sexual intimacy with your husbands. And she said, I don't think, I don't think it's a disconnect that the very same people who are promiscuous before marriage are finding intimacy and sexual intimacy after marriage so difficult. You reap what you sow. Here the Apostle Paul says, husbands, wives, make your marriage so loving, so fulfilling that you make sin less attractive. Deepen your relationship so you won't want to damage your friendship. I love that old phrase that says, romance is found in the pursuit. Pursuit. You do reap what you sow. You sow pursuing your spouse, you're going to reap romantic feelings. 
Set aside date nights, worship together, serve together. I love to see, it's so encouraging for me to see couples like Dale and Nancy Spaulding or Pat and Karen Ferguson or Scott and Tabitha Dees serving together week after week. And you know, they serve together because they love each other. And then they love each other more because they serve together. And they serve together because they love each other and they love each other because they serve together. You reap what you sow. Guys, most of us get a, a sense of identity from our career success, but careers come and go. The more important question we need to ask is, who will cry at your funeral? If your career is taken away today, what really matters most? It's your spouse, it's your family. A couple of months ago, Laura and I spent a day in Williamsburg uh, Virginia. We love Williamsburg. We faced a decision. Do we buy a one-day pass or do we spend a couple extra dollars to buy the year-long pass? And we thought, you know what we need to do? We're gonna, we need to buy the year-long pass because it gives us an excuse to take a day now and then to go to Williamsburg, to get out of Northern Virginia and spend time together. But it almost takes that discipline of purchasing something in advance. One of the things that my, my wife, Laura, has done through the years is from time to time, the Nationals will have a buy three games, for, for th tickets for three games, get the fourth game free special. And so Laura will do that back in December. Why? Because there's a sense of once you commit to those games, once you have those tickets, then you got to go. You got to make it a priority. And, and you might not go if you didn't have that. But, you know, you make it a priority. You make it happen. And then afterward, you look back and you say, I'm so glad I did. If I hadn't made that a priority, if I hadn't set that up in advance, I, I just would have gone on and done something else and f maybe f less important. What are you doing to spend time with your marriage, with your spouse? By the way, yes, I am the luckiest guy in the world. How many guys are married to women who buy baseball tickets because they want to go see baseball games as much as you do. Yes, I am a lucky man. It just goes to show you, marry a spiritual woman and she'll enjoy sports as much as you. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, now may God, the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Isn't that great? Sanctify is just another word for holy. And it's the God of peace who gives you peace with yourself and peace with him who will make you holy. So many next steps that you can take. CR is a great next step to get connected for, to walk in holiness. Those people help each other walk in holiness. Get connected in a Bible discussion group. If you're not in a daily, weekly Bible discussion group, what in the world are you thinking? You need it. The church doesn't need you to do it, but you do. Get accountable to a close friend. Confess your sins to one another, James said, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Get accountable and serve. It's no accident that in the Old Testament, David was called a man after God's own heart. But what got him in trouble was he stopped serving. One day when everybody else was working and he should have been working, he hung out at home, got bored, got distracted, started lusting after a woman, committed adultery. And his life and his nation were never the same. If we don't fill our lives with the positive, with godly activities, we set ourselves up for a fall. Holiness, as they said, is an extraordinary calling lived out by ordinary people through ordinary means, through ordinary obedience and praying to God 
make me holy? What actions do you hear God calling you to take today to be separate for him? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word. And I pray that your word would produce your fruit through us. It is such a difficult and mystical thing to think that you are the one who sanctify us. And yet we do participate in that. We do have to cooperate. But Lord, I know our cooperation is simply hearing your voice and obeying. And and you will give us the strength. So Lord, would you give us the conviction? Would you give us your leadership? Would you guide us by the hand? Would you make us holy for your good and for those that we love as well? Through Christ we pray. Amen.